Hey there, and welcome to the Growing Up Gundry podcast. My name's Nicole Gundry, and I would love to share my journey of raising kids, running a house, being married, working full-time, and trying to grow myself up along the way. This podcast will cover anything from parenting topics, personal development, marriage, friendship, self-care, and creative ways to grow ourselves while raising our babies. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Growing Up Gundry podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gundry, and I am so excited because today I have a guest on here that I have wanted to have on here forever. You know her name because I've talked to her about her a bunch on my podcast. I would like to welcome Monica to the podcast. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you, Nicole? I'm very good. We are going to be very transparent and say we have tried this already. <laughs> <laughs> but I can hear you technology much yes I can hear you much better too so this is great this is good <laughs> so we're gonna dive right in and I'm gonna tell everyone um what I've already told them before that they don't know <laughs> that, yes. um, that I met you through what I believe is the universe's way of giving me a friend that I needed um for my journey and and that we are I feel very connected spiritually and that I met you through a fundraiser that I was hosting and you joined, uh, you and your husband and, um, and you were brought to that fundraiser or fundraising of like fun thing that we were doing yes. uh, through a friend of mine. Um, and she's yes. your sister-in-law. So yes, we yes. connected that way. We spent a magical day on a front porch and on a country farm chatting, doing spiritual cards, kind of connecting over, shared experiences. And then from there on in, you have been stuck with me. Am I correct? A hundred percent. I wouldn't say stuck. I am so, so happy that you're a part of my life. I just, I feel like I can't heart enough of your things that you put out. Like, do you just <laughs> something and just know immediately that I'm going to heart it? Like, I feel yeah. like you sweet <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll read something and I'll, I'll share it and I go, or I'll send it directly to you and I'll say, oh yeah. my gosh, Nicole is going to love this one. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I'm always like, yeah. oh, I'm going to post this and I know she is going to love this. So. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I would love, I know you have a very successful career. I know you are rocking the corporate world, but for this yeah. podcast, I would love to chat and let you introduce yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit about who you are as a human, as a mother, like tell us a little bit about that part of your life. Sure. Sure. So like uh, Nicole said, I'm Monica and I live in London, Ontario. I'm originally from uh, South Southern Ontario uh, I lived out west for seven years with my husband and had our two babies out there. And I have two daughters. Natalie will be nine in the spring and Avery will be five in a couple of weeks, which absolutely boggles my mind um, to think that I have two children in school already. Um, my husband, Crazy. Greg. Yeah. My husband, Greg, and I have been together since I was 19. So we've been married um almost 12 years this year which is again wow. mind-boggling um and we've been back in Ontario for two years almost two and a half years and uh and it's like just been a whirlwind um 
in those two years of becoming homeowners and getting resettled and reacquainted uh, in Ontario and loving our family, being back home with family and, uh, and finding new friends like yourself. So it's um, been great. I'm sure your family is so happy to have you home. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. During all of this, right? Like, yes. especially yes. with the world and the places that we are right now, I think it's just mm-hmm. so nice that you're home in, in close by. Right. So <laughs> yes, yes. The pan, like living out West for seven years and doing everything over Skype and zoom. Well, zoom didn't exist then, but <laughs> Skype um, yeah. and having like, you know, the pandemic Christmas we had, well, I had that for seven years in Alberta. So I was kind of trained for this, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it is, it is really, really good to be home and be so close to our family. And that's why we moved home was to be with our family. So it's, yeah, this is is why we're back. Yeah. I love that. And so, so in 2020, as many of us were, were maneuvering through very low lows and working Mm -hmm. on on, you know, what we all worked on, right? Yes. Uh, which was managing a, a, a national or a worldwide pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. You, my friend, were thriving. <laughs> you had the, like the hero's journey in my mind of 2020 is your story. And, yes. and I know, I know when we talk about that, and, and I know you know this, so but for everyone else, like, the hero's journey doesn't always have all ups. Like I know the work you had to do was the messy, hard shit, but you arrived in 2020. So tell us a little bit about, about that. Like, what did you, you, how did you start 2020? So it's January 1st. Yes. Okay. So that's a good place to start. So a year ago in, well, we're in February, but Jan last year, When I look back, um, December 2019, January 2020 was probably the lowest point um, that I've ever had um, of dealing with mental health issues and uh, my overall outlook on life. I had spent, uh, like I said, I had just um, moved back to Ontario and that was a huge adjustment, even though we were moving back to uh, our family. Um, mm-hmm. it was, a, you know, I, I worked so hard out West to be able to come back with my company and to be able to buy a house and we had bought the house and it was the house that of everything we wanted. And I sat there and I just kind of, um, relaxed for a year and a bit, um, and reflected and realized like I've reached all of my goals, um, and mm-hmm. I'm still not happy. So, what what's wrong with what's wrong with me what's wrong with my life what's wrong with society as a whole and it was a lot of like trying to dig myself out of this depression and I had um, started anti-anxiety meds I had gone to my doctor in January of last year to get all the blood work done thinking like maybe I have um, a mental uh, not a mental health whole issue Um, And all that came up was low iron. So I knew it was definitely uh, something I had to work on. So I went on anti-anxiety meds, which did help. Um, So I'm not here to like, by all means, they're they're a tool and you should absolutely use them if you need them. Um, And it did help me. Um, And so and it helped me enough to dig myself out of that hole and to put me on a healing journey. So I, uh, last February, um, I was getting prepared to go to Cuba and I had was like, okay, got to bring my anti-anxiety meds. I hadn't started my fitness journey at that point. 
Um, but I was definitely at the very cusp of that cliff of, okay, what, what am I going to do? Is this my life? Right. Um, right. Like I'm, I'm still in my thirties. I'm pretty young and like, I've achieved everything I've set out to achieve. And now do I just sit here and ride out the next 35 years of my career and raising my children? And like, is that it? And that had been boiling in my mind for a while. And we got back from Cuba and like the, like the pandemic broke out and everything went to hell Mm -hmm. as you know. Yeah. Um, And I remember during the lockdown, it was, I think it got pretty nice pretty quickly last year. And I was sitting on my front porch sitting there thinking there has to be more to life than this. Yeah. There has to be, there has to be. Yeah. Like there's the, the, you can't tell me that working nine to five or whatever shift you work mm-hmm. for 30, 40 years, raise your children, see them off. Hopefully you've raised good children. They're, you know, active people in society um and paying off my mortgage and paying the bills and sleeping and eating and drinking and doing whatever and that's life um and so the stoppage of the entire world basically during the pandemic I think gave a lot of people the pause that we needed from the hustle to sit back yeah and realize that there is more to life than the hustle there's more to life than just working coming home cooking doing the dishes putting the kids to bed doing laundry sitting in front of the tv for two hours and going to sleep and getting up and doing it all over again yeah and there has to be more to that and and did you I don't know about you so I don't want to put words in your mouth but I felt I felt angry when I was at that stage because I felt like I, I call bullshit. I don't want that. That's not what I yes. want. And, and like night after night, yeah. we watched one more episode of family feud. I'm going to shoot myself. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I get it. like Steve Harvey's yeah. hilarious, but I got to do something yeah. different to push myself outside of my career. Right. And that's, yes. that's the thing I want to yeah. talk about because you're talking, all the things you're going to talk about was about healing and, and, um, yeah. and transforming your personal life at home alongside still building a career. So, so I think, I think that we often forget that, you know, nine to five, eight to five, whatever you're working part-time hours, whatever you do, you Mm -hmm. are also doing something outside of your home. But to me, I am not personally defined by my career. So that's not what I don't want my legacy to be my job. That that's right. So yeah. when I started my journey, I really started focusing on like, what do I want my legacy to be? And, and mm-hmm. if I think about my kids looking back on their childhood and, and knowing all the top answers to family feud is not one of my goals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. So, and I, you- I can't say I was, I was angry about it. I was just really, I think I was just in the headspace of going, I can't live like this. I'm obviously not well. Yeah, I'm on meds, which I had never had to before. And, you know, I, um, I've dealt with like postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. like that. But this was beyond that. This was just like a total melancholy and, um, and then going, okay, I've obviously, I'm doing something that isn't working for me anymore. And, and I, now I need physical help. I need the meds to help me out of that. And, what can I do to feel better? So uh, a lot of people do start that journey with like 
okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk and I'm going to get active and I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to lose the weight and I'm going to eat better and feel better about myself. And that's where most people start. Right. And it's a, gr- and it's a great way to start. I did not start that way because I didn't have the physical energy to do it. Right. So I started with, um, just cutting back like with my diet. So I started coming, cutting back on the snacking and upping my water and that helped. And then I started the inward healing journey of, I just started reading all kinds of books, like the universe has your back uh, by Gabrielle Bernstein and things like that. And just going, okay, if there, if there's more to life than the nine to five and um, raising my children and watching family feud every night, if there's more to life, then that kind of opened my my mind up to the spiritual side of things as well and like I grew up uh religious I grew up in a Christian household and walked Mm -hmm. away from from that in my teens and my 20s because it just didn't align with me um for many many reasons and Mm -hmm. we can probably do a different podcast altogether on that topic but um (laughs) but I had walked away from not just the religious part of it, but also the spiritual side of it. I completely shut that off. And so that was part of my 2020 transformation was coming home to my soul yeah. and my spirit and going and, mm-hmm. and really digging deep and going, okay, if this person I, I am right now in February of 2020 is not who I want to be, then who is it that I want to be? be who 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 is it that I wanted to be when I was young what did I want to be when I was like you know everyone asked you when you're 10 what do you want to be when you grew up I want to be a police officer I want to be a doctor I want to be a teacher you know so going back to my childhood and going okay what was it that I wanted to be what did I enjoy doing you know oh I loved swimming and I loved reading books and I loved to play the piano and I didn't I wasn't doing those things so I was like that's crazy yeah that's so a I'm going to anyone can ask themselves question. right now, right now, yeah. if you're listening to this, ask yes. yourself that question. That's what how you reinsert joy. You're happy. Yes. Yeah. And ex- that's exactly it. And that's the thing. That was my big aha moment was as moms. And I remember thinking, this is funny. I remember thinking, holding my first newborn as a new mom at age 26 or 27, however old, however old I was looking at this beautiful little baby and going, I am not going to lose my, lose my entire identity in my motherhood. I will not do that, but I will be the mother I can be to you and raise you uh, mm-hmm. to be an amazing human being. Now, of course, you know, I tried to do that um, mm-hmm. and I still am like that. But of course, as a mom, we put everyone in front of ourselves. We put mm-hmm. our children first. We put our spouse first. We put our job first. We put our household first. Everything we need to do, we do that. And then if there's leftovers, then that's what we get. And I'm so sad. That's why we're sad. That's why we're exhausted. That's why we're burnt out. That's why we have nothing left in our cup to give. And I sat there and went, okay, I am going to reintroduce myself to myself. I'm going to rediscover Mm -hmm. who I am. I'm going to rediscover my joy. What is it that I want to do with my life? And so I did something as simple as reading books that I wanted to read, finding time that I wanted to read. Uh, I even went and downloaded an app and I started reteaching myself how to play the piano. Um, I started painting with my kids. 
Um, and just really being more mindful of, of what it was that I was doing and how I could pour into my cup and to be a better mom. Because how many of us are sitting there with the mom guilt being like, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. I should have not yelled today. I should have not done that today. I shouldn't have rushed off the kids so fast. And, and it's one of those where, um, that was a huge part of it was also like, I just want to be a better parent and looking back on my kids, like the first few years of my kids growing up, um, I feel like I could have done things better, but it is what it is. I was in my twenties. I was figuring out who I am and now I can change that cycle. And here's the funny thing. And not a lot of people know this, Nicole, but my, my first major breakthrough of this entire transformation was, um, I think late March, April, and I was lying in bed. It was late at night and I was watching a video and this is when like celebrities were reading books online to like the kids and stuff. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, (laughs) and so it was like midnight. My kids are well tucked into bed. And, uh, I think my husband was, um, I think he was on the computer or something. So I was, I'm alone in my room and I was re I was watching a video of, um, Oh gosh. Henry Winkler. Yeah. A story, a bedtime story. And like, he's old now, but I like loved him in happy days and stuff. Yeah. And he's reading this story and I, he got maybe three pages in and I broke down and I bawled. I bawled for probably three days straight. (gasps) What was it? And And I was like, Oh, and I'm like tearing up now thinking about what, why is Henry Winkler reading a story breaking me so hard? Yeah. And so I, I went deep and I went, okay, there's obviously a trigger in my childhood with the fawns, with the, with the fawns, (laughs) but it was no, it was, it was him as a father figure reading a story to me. I read to, I read to my kids every night. And so I went, I went deep and went, okay, first of all, um, I clearly, like I lost my father when I was eight okay. and my daughter was about to turn eight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. So real. And that is like, and she's going to turn nine soon. Yeah. And that's nine was a very, very hard age for me too. So it's one of those where like, I worked through a lot of that. I broke down a lot of that stuff that weekend. And that was where I realized I never grieved the loss of my childhood. Yeah. I, I grieved my, my father's death. I grieved the relationship that with my mother that changed at that point. I had become a second mother to my 18 month old brother um, for that from that point on, I lost my childhood at eight. Think about and that. I just let, I just need a moment. Yeah. I need a moment yeah. there because Monica, yeah. like if I know you as an adult and when I think about that, that makes me want to cry because I, I yeah. think about you being an adult from the age of eight. Mm-hmm. No wonder, yeah. no wonder you were exhausted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That is a hard thing. So So how did you start working through that um, healing? Because that's a big one. Oh, I, 
I, well, like I said, I, I just cried and my husband, he, he was like, what's wrong. And I think he just beautiful man just held me tight. And I was like, I just need you to hold me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cry and let it out. And I talked to Rebecca and I talked to my soul sisters and I leaned on my community and I let it out and said, okay, I am not scared of my daughter turning eight. I will not let my experience affect her. Mm -hmm. And that, and that is where the journey of my, of healing my trauma brought me to generational trauma healing and realizing I have to heal myself so that I do not pass this on to my daughters. Okay. So let's stop right because I feel like I want to do a whole podcast with you about that because (laughs) honestly, honestly, because generational healing is something that both you and I are deeply into right now. And, and I think it will be a huge part of our journey, but I want, and I really, really honest to God, we need to do a whole podcast on that. So (laughs) so can I just say at that point there that, that, that point, I really want to hammer home to moms. If you are Mm -hmm. holding something or something is inside of you that is holding you back from your childhood, from your generations uh, in your family, from generations in your family, if you do not heal it, it will then be your child's responsibility. So yes, are you willing? So Monica looked at it and said, I will not put my lost childhood on my daughter's shoulders. Right. I will not give her that torch to carry. And and don't get yes. me wrong. Monica and I will give our kids enough things to talk to about in therapy. But these, <laughs> yes. these items will not carry on past us. The item yes. that we are dealing with, that we are working on, will not be handed down. But yeah. we had to realize it. We had to get deep and messy and dirty. Right? Yeah. To figure that yeah. out. So, so I yeah. do want to talk you about that to... more with you. But yeah. Yes. You, I you definitely have to sit with the pain yeah, and, hard. and let it out. And I, I obviously had been um, like sitting on it for a long time. And I think, I think a lot of moms uh, raising children um, will ha- come to terms with that. And I don't say moms, I'm sure fathers have it Agreed. too, but just yeah. speaking from my experience yeah. um, of just realizing like, okay, you know, how many people are like, well, I'm not going to be like my mom. Right. Um, I don't want to raise some of my kids, like how my parents raised me and how many people say that. Right. And then when it comes time to it and like your kids are driving you nuts and you start yelling, I like, I'm a, my mom was a yeller. I'm a yeah. yeller. Yeah. Um, and then, and then literally hearing my mom's voice out of my mouth. Yeah. Right. And like, God love you, mom. I love you. But yeah. like, I didn't, I don't want that for my kids. So Agreed. that was part of it of like, okay, I need to work on me work on what it is that's triggering me yes my kids are fine it's not them no. it's me exactly so um that was that that weekend was a huge breakthrough moment for me of just sitting with the pain and the trauma and the feelings yeah and letting them out and honoring them and stop swallowing it and mm. so that that opened up so much for me like I said the generational trauma the spiritual of it the mindful parenting um 
being more open with my children, mm-hmm. um, just being a more mindful mom. Right. And so, so there, yeah. you've done a lot of different things on all those buckets. Like yeah. when I hear you mention all those buckets, mm-hmm. I know the different things that you've worked on over the year to work on those. Mm-hmm. But one of the things yeah. that we haven't touched on yet that I know for sure is I, I'm going to talk about it in a physical form, but yeah. it also helped you mentally, yes. Yes. which is you started to carve out time for you every yes. day. And what I love yeah. about you, and I mean, lots of people have seen lots of people post videos of themselves working out or going to the gym pictures or things like that. But what I love, 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 love about you is there might be a laundry basket in it or your cat might be in it or your kids are like (laughs) coming down in their pajamas and getting on the couch to watch a show behind you. I love it because what it shows to me is that there is a lot of shit going on around you, but you are mindful that this is important to you to heal all those things we just talked about. Yes. yes. Talk to us about that journey. So you decide to now add some physical stuff in. Yeah. So, so uh, let's like, we fast forward a couple months. It's about early June. And um, my friend Ellie is a beach body coach and Mm -hmm. she's been a coach for years and I've been watching her journey for years. And she posted something like, Hey, are you an empath? Are you highly sensitive? I'm going to start a group just for us for the people like me. Mm -hmm. And I messaged her and I said, yeah, Ellie, like, this is everything I'm going through. This is how I'm feeling. Um, and like, I'm familiar with those programs and, uh, and obviously gyms are closed. I'm going to need something to do at home. So she said, okay, try this out. Let's do this. Um, and then try this sample out. There's a new program coming in July and I fell completely in love with it. And, and I didn't. And so I signed up paid it's minimal price for membership so I signed up and I committed to that um to that program but what Ellie had suggested in that very very first uh group for empathic highly sensitive people was um getting up in the morning journaling for 10 minutes write down your gratitude Mm -hmm. uh you know, what are, what are your goals for the day? What are your intentions for the day? And then hit the mat and work out. Right. And funny, and funny enough, out of the group uh, of like 20 people, I think that signed up, including Ellie herself, I was the only one that stuck with it, because it obviously helped me and forced me to get out of bed in the morning to come downstairs, sit down with my journal for five minutes, like pick the workout I'm going to do. And that was the very, very, very beginning. Um, and so July came, I started this new program, stuck with it and said, if I can do a full program without skipping one, if I can do that, I can prove to myself that I can do it, that I am worthy of it, mm-hmm. that I can commit to something that I like, cause I, I suffer from huge imposter syndrome. Yeah. So that I can prove to myself that I can do it. And so I did it and I'm not a morning person. I hate waking up (laughs) early. I love to stay up late. I love to sleep in. It is not me. It's not who I am (laughs) normally. Um, But I stuck with it and doing it every day, seeing obviously the physical results of being stronger, of lifting weights every day. And then the, uh, the endorphins that come from that, um, had 
an immediate effect on my mental health Mm -hmm. and my energy for the day was up. I could get through the day without being completely bagged by supper time. I was more patient with my children. I was a more loving spouse to my husband. I was just overall a hundred percent a better human being all because I woke up in the morning before everyone else and took 30 minutes to lift some weights and to move my body. Okay. It's insane. It's insane. I know. And you know how much it matters. Like Jackson was just asking me, he's like, he just asked me this morning. He goes, what time do you come down here in the morning? And I just started laughing. I said, (laughs) I said the clock changed to four 42 every morning. And he's like, what? And, but, but this is for me. Like I do that for me. That's the time of the day I get up at. I'm not telling everyone else to get up at four 40. But for my schedule, no. that's what time I get up at. And it's different for everybody. Yeah. But I wanted to ask yeah, you my, something. Yeah. Because sure. you mentioned your anxiety before. And we have used um, uh, physical workouts as a way mm-hmm. for, um, I'm just going to say his name. Jackson suffers from, had suffered from severe anxiety um, growing mm-hmm. up. And he started uh, adding some exercise in because we had read about it. We read that it was a great way to help. And he works out every day without fail. After dinner, he goes out to our freezing cold garage and works out. Um, mm-hmm. And his anxiety is uh, like, we don't even see it. it it's it, it definitely, it, you know, COVID uh, pandemic, yeah. things like that has definitely brought in forms of anxiety. But overall, sure. we have yeah. seen it curb it all like it's transformative. And it's funny that other yes. people notice it outside of our family. So, so did you find that physically moving your body changed your mind? Yes. So I, uh, I'm not on anti anti-anxiety meds. Okay. Um, I wean myself off of them. Um, I was a low dose. It wasn't like I was on a big dose or anything. So I knew I could do it safely yeah. without repercussion and then su- supplemented that with, um, some vitamins because I knew I was deficient in like magnesium and iron. I did a lot of research and realized that like magnesium deficiency will also increase your anxiety. Oh. Um, it's all part and parcel together. It's funny. It's like the whole journey has been like, wow, how our gut health, how our physical health affects our mental health and how our mental health affects our physical health. Yeah. It, uh, it's all connected. So I know for a fact that on the days where I do not work out or cannot work out, mm-hmm. I'm miserable. Yeah. I struggle. I don't have the energy to get through the day. I am not myself. So I, like a couple of weeks ago, I had um, pulled my back mm-hmm. a little bit. And so I knew I needed to take the rest days to recover. So I didn't further injure myself. And in those five days, I was a mess. Oh no. I was a mess. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, it was like any, every, it took all of my energy to get off of the couch, you know, like, like my house suffered. I couldn't do the, like, couldn't do the laundry. Couldn't, I was like, okay, kids, we're going to have a movie day. Like I just couldn't get off the couch all because I didn't do my morning workout. Like my body, I honestly think this, my brain and my body are addicted to the endorphins pumping first thing in the morning um, to get through the day. Like I, I, I can't real. do it without it. I think that's yeah. real because yeah. obviously, you know, for yeah. me, my, my habits and my goals just started in 2021 really hardcore for, 
but the morning routine part of it has always kind of been something that's a part of my life. And I get addicted Mm -hmm. to it. I get addicted to the calm and the peace that comes with that. And so when I'm in a situation where I choose to not get up or I choose to not move my body, I feel it like in a way that is so palpable, like I know why it's happening, that it almost forces me to get up every morning because I'm like, I do not want to feel like that. Mm. I don't want that yes. in my day. I see it as the old me. And the old me is super fun still. Like she's super fun, mm-hmm. but she's real bitchy <laughs> when her kids come in in the morning. She is not, yeah. she's not as nice. She is not as peaceful. She cannot manage things as calmly as the person who wakes up in the morning and intentionally sets out time for herself before everybody else. Yes. So, yes. So, so you're doing all of this and obviously yeah. there, and I mean, we're going to wrap this up because we got to do another podcast. Like this is going to be part one. Okay. Part one. Of <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Part, part one. Part one. Yeah. But, but what, okay. So you're doing this for yourself. You, we, we've just lifted yeah. all the, the amazing things that you started to work on the changes that you started to see the healing mm-hmm. that you're doing for you, but there was mm-hmm. two little girls watching and a husband. Yeah. So yes. tell me briefly, we're going to end on the high of like, you did this for you. It benefited yeah. you, but there was a side yeah. effect. There's a side effect in all of this. So tell us about the side effect, which is your family. It's, it's a huge side effect. When you take care of yourself and you fill your cup first, you can easily pour into other people. So my children know um, if I'm working out, they cannot ask me questions. It's my time to work out. This is mommy's time. But they also know that I will be more patient. Mm-hmm. I can fully get on their level and snuggle with them and listen to them. I don't yell. Right. I think even like an eighth of what I used to. Um, yeah. And, and I'm just, more, I'm happier. And that is going to have a ripple effect on everyone around you. My yeah. kids are happier they, of course, like we're going through the pandemic. Yes, they have their days, but because I've poured my into myself first, I can meet them at their level and not give them shit for having a bad day. We all have bad days. I can now hold space for them before I didn't have space for their big emotions. I didn't have space to hear them out and give them what they needed. It was, uh, oh, you're feeling like you're being, you're not, you're not listening to me you're, you have bad listening ears. You're not paying attention. You need to go to your room. Right. right? Whereas now I can say, Hey, Avery, who is my, she's my temper tantrum girl. I see you're really frustrated. Do you need a snuggle? And she'll go, no. I'm go, okay. You come to mommy when you need a snuggle and you use your words and tell me what it is that you need. And, and then, and I just calmly, just like that, I see that you're struggling. Is it like your sticker, her unicorn sticker ripped the other day and she was beside herself. As I would be too. And I would be too, actually. Right. I mean, it wouldn't be when it's a glitter, a glittery, uh, jelly, awesome sticker uh, she got in her, in her Valentine's yeah. bag. Who wouldn't be when you're four? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, and my, my old self a few years ago probably would have been like, get over it. It's just a sticker, like whatever. But in my mind, you know, I read those things of like, if you don't make room for the small things, they won't come to you for the big things. And I know those teenage years are creeping up on me faster than I want. Um, 
I need to be the parent for them that I didn't have for me. Right. And to show them that they can have their big feelings and I'm going to be there waiting when they're ready to talk about it. I love that. And that, that alone is a complete 180 of who I used to be and how I was raised. Yeah. And that alone is a victory in my books. I agree. So it has completely changed how I parent by, by, by working 30 minute workout in the morning has changed all of that. Isn't that crazy? So this is the thing. So yeah. when you are Monica yeah. and I, and we are trying to change a generational habit or, or yeah. generational pain, we are rewriting our parenting scripts every day. Every day we're rewriting mm-hmm. it, but for us to be able to do that, we could, we were not capable of doing it before because when we do not fill our own cup, we will always, yeah. always go to the easiest way to handle something. And that is to go onto our yeah. old ways to do the ways that yeah. we were raised, how we were raised, which both of our families are loving people who worked really hard to raise their kids and did the absolute yes. best they could. I, I am grateful for everything my parents did. I'm just going to do it differently. I'm going to heal some way back pain and I'm going to bring us to a big, a different level in our family. Right. But to go, absolutely to go there, I Mm -hmm. have to pour into my cup because an empty cup of mine cannot pour. I pour all the old shit, the sludge, the stuff that came from before. (laughs) That's what comes out of me. So Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. that is the like, best side effect that we could leave with a mom for moms today is that pour into yourself. Yes, I can't yell it loud enough. And I know a, a number of women in my circles have said, you have shown me that it is not selfish to take time for myself. Oh, it is self love. It is not selfish. It is showing self love you have to love yourself first and your children will will get the hint they will start they will learn your new habits they will sit back and go this is mommy's time and they will respect it because you've demanded it and you are changing the script and you are showing them what it is to be a strong woman to be a powerful woman and if and and that is all I want for my children is to see me be strong and healthy so that they can be strong and healthy. Girl, I think we ended on that because mm-hmm. that is an amen. Monica. Amen. Monica, thank you so much for your time today. Honestly, this is part one because I'm going to call you like next week. We're going to maybe make a weekly series. <laughs> but I appreciate your I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate everything you shared and I know you're going to help someone out there who needed to hear it in a different way and you've spoken into their heart. So thank you so much. Thank you Nicole. It was wonderful to talk to you and I can't wait to come back. Okay, well I will definitely have you back and for today to the mamas out there what you're doing matters. And those kiddos are so lucky to have you. So until I'm here again, I hope you have an amazing, amazing day.